sunset, some changes to the inspections, but overall, that is what we should do. And I am the one person on this debate stage on the first night of the very first debate when we were at what we saw as the biggest threat uh, to our world. I said China on the economy, but I said Iran because of Donald Trump, because I feared that exactly what happened would happen. Enrichment of uranium, escalation of tensions, leaving frayed relations with our allies, we can bring them back. Understanding this is a terrorist regime that we cannot allow to have a nuclear weapon. Vice President Biden, I want to ask you about North Korea. President Trump has met with Kim Jong-un three times. President Obama once said he would meet with North Korea without any preconditions. Would you meet with North Korea without any preconditions? You're setting no, auto, maybe it's my ridiculous thing there. Look, what we right now. Getting hit the deep freeze, maybe the, the weather's affected the internet here. Oh man. Okay. Your province? Are you from Canada? I would be putting what I did. I've got a bunch of com comedian I've friends from Canada. I would be putting pressure on China to put pressure also, on stay warm, Korea to cease and desist I'll see from the nuclear power, make the, their, their, their efforts to deal with nuclear weapons. I would move forward as we did before, and you reported it extensively, Wolf, about moving forward the whole notion of defense against nuclear weapons. That we would, and when China said to me, when cool. Xi Jinping said to me, that's a threat to us, I said, we're going to move and protect our interests. I've got to visit involved, someday. I've been to. The tiny sliver of Canada where Niagara Falls is, but that's it. Still counts. Went to a thrift store. There or such a long time ago. Joe Biden is a rabid dog. He should be beaten to death with a stick. I count that. Well, other than that, you like him. Other than that, I like him, and he, uh, <laughs> he and he got a love letter from Trump. Right <laughs> Mr. Steyer, would you meet with North Korea without any? Other than that, no. you like him. It's, it's very clear that if we're going to do something with North oh, Korea, we're going to have to do it funny. in concert with our allies. Shit. That meeting with him without preconditions is not going anywhere. That the staff can meet to try and see how far we can get. But this is a classic situation where the United States idea of going it alone makes no sense. And when you are talking about Iran, let's face it, Iran is under great pressure economically. So every single discussion we've had about Iran has had to do with military power and America versus Iran. Whereas in fact, what worked with President Obama was a alliance of our allies and us putting economic pressure on them for them to give up their military tactics. That to me is called strategy. Having a goal to make America safer by looking more broadly than just us as the policemen Thank of the you, world. Let's stay with the theme of America's role in the world and talk about trade. Tomorrow, President Trump is expected to sign phase one of a trade agreement with China, and the Senate will likely soon approve a new trade deal with Mexico and Canada, Iowa's largest trading partners. Senator Sanders. You have said that New Deal, the USMCA, quote, makes some modest improvements, yet you're going to vote against it. 
aren't modest improvements better than no improvements no. for the farmers and manufacturers who have been devastated here in Iowa? The answer is we could do much better than a Trump-led uh, trade deal. Uh, this deal, and I think the proponents of it acknowledge, will result in the continuation of the loss of hundreds of thousands of good-paying jobs as a result of outsourcing. The heart and soul of our disaster trade agreements, and I'm the guy who voted against NAFTA and against permanent normal trade relations with China, is that we have forced American workers to compete against people in Mexico, in China, elsewhere, who earn starvation wages, a dollar or two dollars an hour. Second of all, every major environmental organization has said no to this new trade agreement because it does not even have the phrase climate change in it. And given the fact that climate change is right now the greatest threat facing this planet, I will not vote for a trade agreement that does not incorporate very, very strong principles to significantly lower fossil fuel emissions uh, in the world. But Senator Sanders, to be clear, the AFL-CIO supports this deal. Are you unwilling to compromise? The AFL-CIO does, the Machinist Union does not, and every environmental organization in this country, uh, including the Sunrise Organization, who were supporting my candidacy, opposes it. So I happen to believe, and I hope we will talk about climate change in a moment, if we do not get our act together in terms of climate change, the planet that we're going to be leaving our kids and our children and our grandchildren will be increasingly unlivable. We're going to get to climate change, but I'd like to stay on trade. Senator Warren. Well, they are the same in this issue. Senator Warren, you support the USMCA. Why is Senator Sanders wrong? I do. I wasn't here. I've been in Congress long enough to have voted against NAFTA, but I led the fight against the trade deal with Asia and the trade deal with Europe because I didn't think it was in the interests of the American people, the American workers, or environmental interests. But we have farmers here in Iowa who are hurting, and they are hurting because of Donald Trump's initiated trade wars. We have workers who are hurting because the agreements that have already been cut really don't have enforcement on workers' rights. This new trade deal is a modest improvement. Senator Sanders himself has said so. It will give some relief to our farmers. It will give some relief to our workers. I believe we accept that relief. We try to help the people who need help. And we get up the next day and fight for a better trade deal. We need a coherent trade policy. We need a policy that actually helps our workers, our farmers. We need them at the table, not just a trade policy written for big international companies. I'm ready to have that fight, but let's help the people. Thank you. Senator Sanders, can you please respond to Senator Warren? Well, I think that it is not so easy to put together new trade legislation. If this is passed, I think it will set us back a number of years. Senator Warren is right in saying we need to bring the stakeholders to the table. That is the family farmers here in Iowa and in Vermont and around the country. That is the environmental community. That is the workers. Bottom line here is I am sick and tired of trade agreements negotiated by the CEOs of large corporations. Senator Klobuchar, I'd like to bring you in here. Brianne, I want to hit reality here. I serve on the Agriculture Committee. And I will never forget going to Crawfordsville here in Iowa. And thank you for bringing up Iowa, Brianne, since that is where we are. Um, and I went to this plant, and there was one worker left in that plant. That plant had been shut down because of Donald Trump's 
trade policies and because of what he had done to those workers with giving secret waivers to oil companies and ruining the renewable fuel standard. That worker brought out a coat rack of uniforms and he said, these are my friends. They don't work here anymore. And their names were embroidered on those uniforms. Derek, Mark, Salvador. And that guy started to cry. These are real people hurt by Donald Trump's trade war. So what we should do, and I support the USMCA, I am glad that these improvements were made that are supported by people like Richard Trumka and Sherrod Brown on labor and environment and on pharma, the sweetheart deal. Because I think we need a big trading block with North America to take on China. And the way you Senator are stronger Klobuchar, with China is, is with your allies. Mayor Buttigieg, do you support the USMCA, yes or no? Yes, it has been improved. It is not perfect. But when you sit down with the people who are most impacted, they share just how much harm has been done to them uh, by things like the trade war and just how much we can benefit American consumers and workers and farmers by making sure we have the right kind of labor and enforceability as Democrats ensured we got in this USMCA. But let's acknowledge why there is such fear and frustration. You know, my part of the country, in the industrial Midwest, I remember when they came around in the 90s selling trade deals, telling us, don't worry about your slice of the pie. The pie will get so much bigger that everyone will be better off. And that promise was broken. The part about the pie getting bigger happened. It's just that the part about it getting to most people where I live did not. That is why there is such frustration. The sense that these decisions in boardrooms and in committee rooms in Washington are being made not based on what's best, Thank best you, Mayor for us, but based on their own views. Thank you. Vice President Biden, Senator Sanders has said Donald Trump will, quote, eat your lunch for voting yes on what he calls terrible trade agreements. When it comes to trade, why are you the best candidate to take on President Trump? There will be no trade agreement signed in my administration without environmental environmentalists and labor at the table. And there will be no trade agreement until we invest more in Welcome American workers. Putting our money and our effort and our time and preparing American workers to compete in the 21st century on the high tech side, dealing with all artificial intelligence. We should be focusing on equipping American workers to do that. And by the way, the idea, I don't know that there's any trade agreement that the senator would ever think made any sense, but the problem is that 95% of the customers are out there. So we better figure out how we begin to write the rules of the road, not China. Senator Sanders. Um, Joe and I have a fundamental disagreement. In case you haven't noticed. <laughs> and that is NAFTA, TNTR with China, other trade agreements were written for one reason alone. And that is to increase the profits of large multinational corporations. And the end result of those two, just TNTR with China, Joe, and uh, NAFTA, cost us some four million jobs as part of the race to the bottom. I am sick and tired and will not tolerate it. And we will use the power of the federal contracting system. If a corporation in America wants to shut down in Iowa or Vermont or any place else, and then they think they're going to get online for a generous federal contract, they've got another thing going. We need some corporate responsibility here, and we need to protect good-paying jobs in America, not see them go to China, Mexico, Vietnam. Mr. Vice President, what's your response? 
we need corporate responsibility, and I agree with that completely. But we also need to have enforcement mechanisms in the agreements we make, enforceable agreements. That's one of the things that has been improved with the with the, with the trade agreement with Mexico. That's what we should be doing in any agreement we have. But let's get back to the basics here. If we don't set the rules of the road by going out to our partners instead of poking our eye and excuse me, poking our finger in the eye of all our friends and allies, we make up 25 percent of the world's economy. We got to bring the other 25 percent of our allies along with us to set the rules of the road so China cannot continue to abuse their power by stealing intellectual, by stealing our intellectual property and doing all the other things using their their corporate state system to. Uh, to our significant disadvantage. Senator Warren. You know, our problem is not just that we need corporate responsibility. It's been the structure of how these trade deals have been negotiated. The United States has had a strategy for decades, and that strategy has been to have government trade negotiators, a small number, and then surround them with giant multinational corporation lobbyists and corporate executives who whisper in the ears of our negotiators and then get deals cut that are great for the giant multinational corporations, not good for America, not good for American workers, not good for the environment. We need a different approach to trade, and it starts by calling out the corruption of these giant corporations that have cut our trade deals. Everybody wants to get to the American market, and we need to put some standards in place. You want to be able to sell your goods here, then you've got to meet some environmental standards. You've got to meet you, labor Senator standards. We I'd need like to bring in Mr. Steyer Mr. Steyer, even though farmers and manufacturers here in Iowa and around the country could see some relief from the China deal, they've been crushed by the current administration's trade war. What will you do as president to help them get back on their feet? Look, on the first day, I would undo Mr. Trump's tariffs. On the first day, I would get rid of his waivers that Senator Klobuchar was referring to, to oil refiners, so not having to use um, corn-based ethanol. In fact, these trade deals have been exactly what Senator Sanders and Warren have been saying, which is that they've been designed to grow the American GDP for the corporations of America, not for the working people of America, and not to protect the climate. So let me say this. I'm the only person on this stage who says climate's my number one priority. I would not sign the, the, this deal because if climate's your number one priority, you can't sign a deal, even if it's marginally better for working people, until climate is also taken into consideration. Look, I've got four kids between the ages of 26 and 31. I cannot allow this country to go down the path of climate destruction. Everybody in their generation knows it. Frankly, Mayor Buttigieg, you're their generation. I think you would be standing up more. I, I, look, I, that's why I'm standing up for it. We cannot put climate on the back seat all the time and, and say, we're going to sign this one more deal. We're going to do no. one more thing without climate first. That's why it's my number one priority. We can do it in a way that makes us richer. But we have to. Mayor Buttigieg, your response? Well, that's right. This issue is personal for me. That's why we're going to tackle climate that's right. from day one. It's why we've got to make sure that we have better answers than we do today. Now, what I've noticed is pretty much all of us propose that we move on from fossil fuels by the middle of the century, starting with actions that we take right now. The question is, are we going to make sure any of this actually gets done? Because people have been saying the right things in these debates for literally decades. 
The other day in Winterset, there was a, a kid at one of my events, raised his hand, and he pointed out that he expects to be here in his 90s, in the year 2100. He will sit in judgment over what we do, not just what we on this stage do. Anyone old enough to vote right now, whether we actually put together the national project it will require to meet our climate goals, to act aggressively, not just rejoining the Paris Climate Accord, that's table stakes, but to actually move on from the fossil-dependent economy we live in today. Let's now turn to an issue that's come up in the last 48 hours. Senator Sanders, CNN reported yesterday that, and Senator Sanders, Senator Warren confirmed in a statement, that in 2018, you told her that you did not believe that a woman could win the election. Why did you say that? Well, as a matter of fact, I didn't say it. Uh, and I don't want to waste a whole lot of time on this, because this is what Donald Trump and maybe some of the media want. Uh, anybody knows me knows that it's incomprehensible that I would think that a woman could not be president of the United States. Go to YouTube today. There's a video of, the, of me 30 years ago talking about how a woman could become president of the United States. In 2015, I deferred, in fact, to Senator Warren. There was a movement to draft Senator Warren to run for president. And you know what? I said, stay back. Senator Warren decided not to run, and I did, I did run afterwards. Hillary Clinton won the popular vote by three million votes. How could anybody in a million years not believe that a woman could become president of the United States. And let me be very clear. If any of the women on this stage or any of the men on this stage win the nomination, I hope that's not the case. I hope it's me. <laughs> but if they do, I will do everything in my power to make sure that they are elected in order to defeat the most dangerous president in the history of our country. So, Senator Sanders, Senator Sanders, I do want to be clear here. You're saying that you never told Senator Warren that a woman could not win the election. That is correct. Senator Warren, what did you think when Senator Sanders told you a woman could not win the election? I disagreed. Bernie is my friend, and I am not here to try to fight with Bernie. But look, this question about whether or not a woman can be president has been raised, and it's time for us to attack it head on. Um, and I think the best way to talk about who can win is by looking at people's winning record. So, can a woman beat Donald Trump? Look at the men on this stage. Collectively, they have lost 10 elections. The only people on this stage who have won every single election that they've been in are the women, Amy so and me. on this stage who has beaten an incumbent Republican any time in the past 30 years is me. And here's what I know. The real danger that we face as Democrats is picking a candidate who can't pull our party together or someone who takes for granted big parts of the Democratic constituency. We need a candidate who will excite all parts of the Democratic Party bring everyone in, and give everyone a Democrat to believe in. That's my plan, and that is why I'm going to win. Senator Klobuchar, thank you.
Senator Klobuchar, what do you say to Thank people you, Elizabeth. who don't? Senator Klobuchar, what yes, do you say? Um, I would like Senator to Senator Klobuchar, out. let me finish my question. Oh, okay. What do you say to people? <laughs> I thought it was such an open-end. I wasn't at the meeting, so I can't comment, but I was going to say. What, what do you say to people who, who say that a woman can't win this election? Uh, I hear that. Uh, people have said it. That's why I've addressed it from this stage. I point out that you don't have to be the tallest person in the room. James Madison was five foot four. Uh, you don't have to be uh, the skinniest person in the room. Uh, you don't have to be the loudest person. You have to be competent. And when you look at the facts, uh, Michigan has a woman governor right now, and she beat a Republican, Gretchen Whitmer. Kansas has a woman governor right now, and she beat Chris Kobach. And her name um, is, I'm very proud to know her, and her name is um, uh, Governor Kelly. Thank you. Third, I would add to this. You have to be a competent to win, Governor and you have Kel to know what you're you. doing. And when you look at what I have done, uh, I have won every race, every place, every time. I have won in the reddest of districts. Race, I have won every place, in the suburban areas, in the rural areas. I have brought people with me. That is why I have the I most have endorsements of race, current Iowa place, legislators and former Iowa legislators I in this race, race because I know I bring people with me. And finally, every single person that I have beaten, my Republican opponents, have gotten out of politics for good. And I think I think that sounds pretty good. I think that sounds pretty good with the guy we have in the White House right now, Senator Sanders. That's how I won. Be the Republican congressman. Number two. Of course, I don't think there's any debate. What was that? Thirty years ago. I beat an incumbent Republican congressman. And I said, I was the only one who's beaten an incumbent Republican in 30 years. Well, 30 years ago, it's 1990, as a matter of fact. But I don't know that that's the major issue of the day. I think what the major issue of the day is, let's, does anybody in their right mind think that a woman cannot be elected president? That's enough. Nobody believes that. Hillary Clinton got 3 million votes, more votes than Trump. So who believes that a woman can't win? Of course a woman can win. But the real question is, how do we beat Trump? And the only way we beat Trump is by a campaign of energy and excitement and a campaign that has by far the largest voter turnout in the history of this country. And I believe that our campaign has the strongest grassroots movement. Thank you. Senator Warren. Senator That's Warren, I want to give you the final word. So I do think it's the right question, how do we beat Trump? And here's the thing. Since Donald Trump was elected, women candidates have outperformed men candidates in competitive races. And in 2018, we took back the House, we took back state houses because of women candidates and women voters. Look, don't deny that the question is there. Back in the 1960s, people asked, could a Catholic win? Back in 2008, people asked if an African-American could win. In both times, the Democratic Party stepped up and said yes, got behind their candidate, and we changed America. That's who we are. Uh, Vice President Biden. Vice President Biden, go ahead. I agree. Women can win. And I went in and campaigned for 27 of them this last in 2018. 
the best group I've ever campaigned for in terms of competence. But the real issue is who can bring the whole party together, represents all elements of the party, African-Americans, brown, black, women, men, gay, straight. The fact of the matter is that uh, I would argue that in terms of endorsements around the country, endorsements wherever we go, I am the one who has the broadest coalition of anyone running up here in this race. All right, we're going to take a short break now. The CNN Democratic right. presidential debate live from Drake University. We'll be right back after this. It's not just a cold. If you have I have won every race, every place, every time. I have won every race, every place, every time. I have won every race, every place, every time. Every place, every time. I have every place, every time. I have Every place, every time. I won every race, every place, every time. I won every race, every place, every time. I won every place, every time. What? Freedom from Religion Foundation, the nation's largest and most effective association of atheists and agnostics working to keep state and church separate, just like our founding fathers intended. Please support the Freedom From Religion Foundation. Ron Reagan, lifelong atheist, not afraid of burning in hell. <laughs> Little Women has been nominated for six Academy Awards. Not afraid of burning in hell. Every place, every time. I won every race, every place, every time. I won every race, every place, every time. I won every race, every place, every time. 
your own rules. Will you turn friends into enemies? The race for the White House is on. Oh, Roku, you want to stream? History, big. Mm. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Did you catch the game last night? Yeah. yeah. Oh boy, no one's that excited for a Roku. What the hell? Oh no. Stream big. Every race, every place, every time. Every race, every place, every time. Every race, every place, every time. every place, every it's not back yet. Is it back? Yeah, it's back. Welcome back to the CNN Democratic Presidential Debate Live from Drake University in Des Moines. Let's turn to health care, the top issue for Iowa Democrats. Donald Trump is trying to repeal Obamacare, including the protections for pre-existing conditions. We all know that each of you vigorously opposes that. Still, there are some questions about what each of you would do. Senator Sanders, you've consistently refused to say exactly how much your Medicare for All plan is going to cost. Don't voters deserve to see the price tag before you send them a bill that could cost tens of trillions of dollars? Well, what I will tell you is Medicare for All which will guarantee comprehensive health care to every man, woman, and child will cost substantially less than the status quo. Medicare for all will end the absurdity of the United States paying by far the highest prices in the world for prescription drugs and health care in general. While we have 87 million uninsured and uninsured and underinsured, and while 30,000 people die each year. On the Medicare for All, one of the provisions we have to pay for it is a 4% tax on income exempting the first $29,000. So the average family in America that today makes $60,000 would pay $1,200 a year compared to that family paying $12,000 a year. We save money, comprehensive health care, because we take on the greed and the profiteering and the administrative nightmare that currently exists in our dysfunctional system. Vice President Biden, does Senator Sanders owe voters a price tag on his health care plan? You just did. I think we need to be candid with voters. I think we have to tell them what we're going to do and what it's going to cost. And a 4% tax on income over $24,000 doesn't even come close to paying for between 30 and some estimates as high as $40 trillion over 10 years. That's doubling the entire federal budget per year. There's a way to do that. The way to do that is to take Obamacare, reinstate, rebuild it, provide a public option without Medicare for those folks who want it, and in fact, make sure that we, in the process, reduce the cost of drug, uh, of drug prices, reduce the cost of being able to buy into the subsidize it further, and make it everybody uh, available to everyone. Here's the deal. That costs a lot of money. That costs $740 billion dollars over 10 years. I lay out how I pay for that. Senator Sanders. Well, first of all, what Joe forgets to say is when you leave the current system 
as it is. What you are talking about are workers paying, on average, 20% of their incomes for health care. That is insane. You got 500,000 people going bankrupt because they cannot pay their medical bills. We're spending twice as much per capita on health care as do the people of any other country. Look, we've talked about health care for all in this country for over 100 years. Now is the time to take on the greed and corruption of the health care industry, of the drug companies, and finally provide health care to all through a Medicare for all single payer program. It won't be easy, but that is what we have to do. You can do it without that. You can do it without Medicare for all. You can get the same Abby. place. Senator Klobuchar, your response. Yeah, Senator Sanders and I have worked together on pharmaceuticals for a long, long time, and we agree on this. But what I don't agree with is that we, his position on health care. This debate isn't real. I was in Vegas the other day, and someone said, don't put your chips on a number on the wheel that isn't even on the wheel. That's the problem. Over two-thirds of the Democrats in the U.S. Senate are not on the bill that you and Senator Warren are on. Uh, you have numerous governors that are Democratic that don't support this. You have numerous House members that put Nancy Pelosi in as speaker. The answer is a nonprofit public option. The answer is the real debate we should be having is how do we make it easier for people to get coverage for addiction and mental health. I have a plan for that. And then finally... What should we do about long-term care, the elephant that doesn't even fit in this room? We need to make it easier for people to get long-term care insurance. We need to make it easier for them to pay for their premiums. Uh, my own dad, I know when his long-term care insurance ends. And then we have some savings for him. He's in assisted living. Uh, he got married three times, whole other story, so there isn't much there. But then we go to Medicaid, and I have already Thank talked you. to Catholic Elder Care. They're willing to take him in. Our story is better than so many other families. We have to make it easier for long-term care. It's Thank not you. just Thank for you, seniors. Senator it's also for the sandwich generation, Thank you, people trying to help their parents. Senator Warren. So we need to start with what's happening in America. People are suffering. I'll just pick one. 36 million people last year went to the doctor, got a prescription. This is what they needed to get well, and they couldn't afford to have the prescription filled. They looked at it and said it's either groceries or this prescription. My approach to this is we've got to get as much help to as many people as quickly as possible. I have worked out a plan where we can do that without raising taxes on middle-class families by one thin dime. What I can do are the things I can do as president on the first day. We can cut the cost of prescription drugs. I'll use the power that's already given to the president to reduce the cost of insulin and EpiPens and HIV AIDS drugs. Let's get some relief to those families, and I will defend the Affordable Care Act. I've got a plan to expand health care, but let's keep in mind, when we come to a general election, we Democrats may argue among each other about the best way to do health care, but we're going to be up against a Republican incumbent who has cut health care for millions of people and is still trying to do that. I'll take our side of the argument any day. Thank we're you. going to thank you, Senator Warren. Vice President Biden. The proposal I lay out does, in fact, limit drug costs. It sets up, it allows all the drug companies, to, excuse me, it allows you to Medicare to negotiate with drug companies for the price. It sets a system whereby you cannot raise the price of a drug beyond the cost of medical inflation. And by the way, there's mental health parity that I call for in 
the Obamacare expanded with the Biden option. But, uh, Mr. Sire? Look, we've had this conversation on this stage so many times. Everybody on this stage believes that affordable health care is a right for every single American. Everybody on this stage knows that Americans are paying twice as much for health care as any other advanced country in the world, and it makes no sense, and the government has to step in. I do happen to agree with Vice President Biden that we should move and develop the Affordable Care Act with a public option. But the real question is this. This is not a new problem. Why do we keep having this conversation? We have a broken government. It has been bought by corporations that include the drug companies, the insurance companies, and the private hospitals. That's what I'm talking about. How do we get that government of, by, and for the people? How do we actually Thank break you. the corporate stranglehold on our Thank government you. so that we Thank can get you, any Sire. of these things passed? Thank you, Mr. Sire. Mr. Uh, Senator Sanders, your campaign proposals would double federal spending over the next decade, an unprecedented level of spending not seen since World War II. How would you keep your plans from bankrupting the country? Our plan wouldn't bankrupt the country. In fact, it would much improve the well-being of working-class families and the middle class. Let us be clear what Medicare for All does. It ends all premiums. It ends all co-payments. It ends the absurdity of deductibles. It ends out-of-pocket expenses. It takes on the pharmaceutical industry, which in some cases charges us 10 times more for the same prescription drugs sold abroad as sold here. What we will do through a Medicare for All single-payer program is substantially lower the cost of health care for employers and workers because we end the $100 billion a year that the health care industry makes and the $500 billion a year we spend in administrative, uh, not, the administrative nightmare of dealing with thousands of separate insurance plans. Health care is a human right. Every other major country on earth is guaranteeing health care for all. The time is long overdue for us to do the same. Again, I think it is much better to build on the Affordable Care Act and if you want to be practical and progressive at the same time and have a plan and not a pipe dream, you have to show how you're going to pay for it. And I would also note practically that the Affordable Care Act right now is 10 points more popular than the President of the United States. Uh, so I think the answer is to build on it. And yes, I think you should show how you're going to pay for things, Bernie. I do. Uh, this president is treating people out there like poker chips in one of his bankrupt casinos, the way he is adding to our debt. I am the one person up here who has on her website in her plan a plan to actually start taking on the deficit by taking part of that money from that corporate tax cut that they put in there and putting it in a fund to pay Thank back you. the deficit. Thank and you. I have shown Thanks how I'm going to pay for every single plan. Capital gains Thank tax, you, going Klobuchar. to the personal level, getting rid Thank of the you, oil giveaways, doing something about the hedge fund loophole. You can go Senator through Klobuchar, and you your time get the money to pay for things. Mayor Buttigieg, you're selling your plan as Medicare for all who want it, yet your plan would automatically enroll uninsured Americans into a public option, even if they don't want it, and force them to pay for it. How is that truth in advertising? Ooh. Well, it's making sure that there is no such thing as an uninsured American. Look, the individual mandate was an important part of the ACA because the system doesn't work if there are free riders. What I'm offering is a choice. Powers are you don't have to modem. be in my plan if there's right. another plan Sweet. that you would rather keep. And there's no need 
to kick Americans off the plans that they want in order to deliver healthcare for all. Wired and my plan is paid for. Look, our party <clears throat> should no longer hesitate to talk about the issue of the debt and the deficit. And we've got a, a dramatically better track record on it than the Republicans do. In my lifetime, it's almost invariably Republican presidents who have added to the deficit a trillion dollars under this president. And it's why everything I've put forward, from Medicare for all who want it, to the historic investments we're going to make in infrastructure, mm -hmm. to dealing with climate change, is fully paid for. When it comes to health care, <laughs> you can do it in two moves. Of course, my plan costs $1.5 trillion over a decade. No small sum, but not the 20, 30, 40 that we're hearing about from the others. All i got to do is two things. Both of them are common sense. Allow Medicare to negotiate prescription drug prices and roll back the Trump corporate tax cuts that went to corporations and the wealthy that didn't even need them. Senator Warren. So I started this by talking about 36 million Americans, including Americans with insurance, who just can't even afford to have a prescription filled. We all talk about plans, healthcare plans that we have, and these plans are paid for. The problem is that plans like the mayor's and like the vice president's is that they are an improvement. They are an improvement over where we are right now. But they're a small improvement. And that's why it is that they cost so much less. Because by themselves, they're not going to be enough to cover prescriptions for 36 million people who can't afford to get them filled. What we need to do is make the commitment that we know where the money comes from. We can ask those at the very top, the top 1% to pay a little more. Those giant corporations like Chevron and Amazon who pay nothing in taxes, we can have them pay. And we can go after the corporate tax cheats. And when we do that, we have enough money to provide health care for all our people. Yes, we build on the Affordable Care Act, but where we end up is we offer health care to all of our people, and we can offer it at no cost or low cost to all of them. Mayor Buttigieg. It's just not true that the plan I'm proposing is small. We've got to move past a Washington mentality that suggests that the bigness of plans only consists of how many trillions of dollars they put through the treasury. That the boldness the of the plan of only plans. consists of how many Americans it can alienate. This would be a game changer. This would be the biggest thing we've done to American healthcare in a half century. Let's measure the effects of our plans based on what they would do in our everyday lives. And yes, we're taking on cost. On prescription drugs, we'll have an out-of-pocket cap, even if you don't get the subsidies that would make it free, a $250 monthly cap. And here's why it's got to be monthly. You ever been in that situation or known somebody who finds that they've got to defer a procedure or delay filling a prescription to try to have it happen in the right month? Because of when your out-of-pocket cap hits, it makes no sense medically. Because most of us don't experience the economy on an annual basis. Our bills don't come in every year. They come in every month. Same with our paychecks, bi-weekly or monthly. That's why we set this up in a way to solve the problem without running up you, 20, 30, 40 trillion dollars. Senator Warren, your response? Look, the numbers that the mayor is offering just don't add up. The average family in America last year paid $12,000 in some combination of deductibles and co-pays and uncovered expenses and fees. 
You can't cover that with the kind of money that the mayor is talking about. The way we have to approach this is we've got to build this and we've got to build the alliances to make this happen. I can bring down the cost of prescription drugs like insulin and take hundreds of millions of dollars out of the system immediately in cost. We can get help to families, but we have to be willing to work together. We can let people experience what healthcare is like when it's you and your doctor, your mental health professional, your nurse <coughs> practitioner with no insurance company standing in the middle. When Thank you. People Senator, try Warren Warren. you Senator, Senator Warren, you acknowledged uh, that Medicare for All, that you couldn't get there right away. You got on the bill that said on page 8, which is why I didn't get on it, uh, that you would kick 149 million Americans off their current health insurance. Then, a few months ago, you said, no, you're going to wait a while um, to get there. And I think that was some acknowledgement that maybe what we're talking about is true. And I don't buy that it's not enough. It is a big, big step to say to people making $100,000 a year that your premiums will cut in, be cut in half, which is what the nonprofit public option will do. And as you talk, Mayor Buttigieg, about uh, Medicare and um, having negotiation, I actually have led that bill for years. I have 34 co-sponsors. As president, I can get it done that would allow Medicare to finally negotiate and lift the ban that Big Pharma got into law that says they can't negotiate for better prices for our seniors. Senator, I will get it done. Senator Sanders coming to you now. CNN reached out to Iowa Democratic voters for their most pressing questions. Edward from here in Des Moines writes, Des Moines is an insurance town. What happens to all the insurance industry, uh, the health insurance industry here, if there is Medicare for all? What happens to all the jobs and the livelihoods of the people that live in insurance towns like Des Moines? We build into our Medicare for all program uh, a transition fund of many, many billions of dollars that will provide for up to five years income and health care and job training for those people. But here is the issue. Tom Sire made the point a moment ago. We are now spending twice as much per person on health care as do the people of any other country. That is insane. In some cases, 10 times more for prescription drugs. Why is that? Why is that? And the answer is the greed and corruption of the drug companies and the insurance companies. And if we want to do what every other major country on earth does and guarantee people health care is a human Right? Not a privilege. You know what we have to do? We are finally going to have to stand up to the healthcare industry and end hundreds of billions of dollars of waste and profiteering. Mr. Steyer? I, I just want to emphasize what Senator Sanders said. This is not a complicated problem. Between what Senator Warren and Senator Sanders said, it's clear. There are two problems. We're spending way too much because corporations own the system. And we're not negotiating against those corporations. And we've given tax cuts to the richest Americans and the biggest corporations for decades. That's all this is. We have corporations who are having their way with the American people and people are suffering. Senator Warren is right. This is cruelty for money. In order to break this, we're going to have to break the corporate stranglehold and solve both the tax and the negotiating problem. That's why I'm for term limits. We need to redo Washington, D.C. and you. actually take Thank the you, back Mr. Government from the corporation. Thank you, Mr. Sire. Vice President Biden. I would argue that 
biggest breakthrough in recent time was us being able to do in our administration what five, five Democratic presidents couldn't get done, and that is pass Obamacare. It was a big deal. Secondly, I would argue that the way you control drug prices is you limit what they can charge for those prices. You don't have to pay the price. Limit what they can charge. If, in fact, they charge more than we set the price for, they can, they can in fact, we can, uh, people can import from abroad, assuming that it is, it is, it is safe. We, in fact, I'm on, it's only yellow. <laughs> okay? And we can, in fact, do all of this and still provide people the option to stay the roughly 150, 160 million Americans who like the negotiated plan they have with their employers. If they don't like it or the employer gets rid of it, they can buy into a Medicare plan in the Biden plan. Let, let's uh, talk a little bit more about prescription drugs right now. Uh, prescription drug prices in uh, 2018, Americans spent $335 billion on prescription drugs alone. That's about $60 billion more than they paid a decade ago. Senator Warren, you've called for the creation of a government-run drug manufacturer that would step in if there is a drug shortage or a price spike. Why does it make sense for the government, for the government to manufacture drugs, especially when public trust in government is near historic lows. So let's do this both ways. What I also said is I'm just going to use the power that is available and I will do what a president can do all by herself on the very first day. And that is lower the, the prices of the certain time. prescription drugs. I will lower the price of insulin. We already have the illegal authority with the president to do that. President oh, I know shit's going to get crazy. I will lower the price of epi I do, I do want everyone to be able to have health care and not to pay for it. I think but, you know, there are a whole it should be a noble pursuit. The fact that it's a business that are not is sickening. They're generic drugs. But the drug industry has figured out how to manipulate this industry to keep jerking the prices up and up and up. So my view is, let's give them a little competition. Like, I think the government water and electricity should also be free. Kinds of things. They let contracts to build buildings. They let contracts to, to build military weapons. Let's let the contracts out. Just put the contracts things out. Things that everyone so should that have. More generic Shelter? drugs out there and drive Could down those prices. This is a way to make markets work. Not to try to move away from the market. You don't have to even use price controls. The whole idea behind like it is radical. get some competition <laughs> out there so the price of these drugs that are no longer under patent drops where it should. Senator Klobuchar, uh, do you believe the government should be manufacturing drugs? I am open to looking at it, but I would try these things first. Uh, number one, I mentioned the Medicare negotiation. Number two, I have a plan, 137 <coughs> things I found, that a president can do herself in the first 100 days without Congress that are legal. And one of those things is that you can start bringing in less expensive drugs from other countries. Bernie and I had an amendment on this. We got 14 Republican votes on it. It was at midnight. They might have not known what they were voting for, but we got that. Uh, I now have an actual bill with Senator Grassley that does that. And I have a bill to get at what um, uh, Elizabeth was talking about, which is to stop generics uh, from taking money from big pharmaceuticals to keep their products off the market. The issue here is that there are two pharma lobbyists for every member of Congress. Thank you, Senator. They think they own Tony Washington. Douglas, they don't own me. And as president, I will get this done. We're going to turn now to child care, a huge expense for many new families and a problem that's especially huge in rural Iowa. We have another question from an Iowa Democratic voter. 
Mayor Buttigieg, this is for you. Tiffany from Clive writes, as a young mom, I had to quit a job I love because childcare costs were taking up two thirds of my income. Many families don't have the option of quitting a job because that little bit of income is needed. That leads to families using whatever care they can find. And sometimes the results are deadly as we've seen in Iowa over the last few years. How will you prioritize accessing quality, affordable childcare in your first 100 days in office? It makes no sense for childcare to cost two thirds of somebody's income. We've got to drive it to 7% or below and zero for those families who are living in poverty. But this is happening to folks at every level of the income spectrum. The professionals uh, sometimes say that they're working in order to be able to afford childcare in order to be able to be working. It makes no sense and it must change. And we shouldn't be afraid to put federal dollars into making that a reality. Subsidizing childcare and making sure that we're building up a workforce of people who are paid at a decent level to offer early childhood education, uh, as well as childcare writ large. We can do that. And until we do, this will be one of the biggest drivers of the gender pay gap. Because when somebody like uh, the, the voter asking the question has to step out of the workforce because of that reason, she is at a disadvantage when she comes back in and that can affect her pay for the rest of her career. Mm -hmm. Senator Warren, your education plan includes tuition-free public college for all, but you impose an income limit for free childcare. Why do your plans cover everyone for public college, but not childcare and early learning? No, actually my plan is universal childcare for everyone. It just has some people adding a small payment. But understand this about the plan. I've been there. You know, I remember when I was um, a young mom, I had two little kids and I had my first real university teaching job. I was, it was hard work, I was excited, but it was childcare that nearly brought us down. We went through one childcare after cool. another and it just didn't work. If I hadn't been saved by my Aunt B, I was ready to quit my job. And I think about how many women of my generation yeah, got just got knocked Lyme off disease, the track and like, never got back on. My, how many of my daughter's generation get knocked off the track and don't started get getting back on? And weaker and weaker and how many mom's dads today are getting knocked <clears throat> off the track and never and get I back on? Faced my own I death and I was like, shit. So that we can cover childcare for well, all of our children and provide pre-K for every three-year-old and four-year-old in America and stop exploiting the people who do this valuable work. Largely and black and brown now. women, we can raise the wages of but every child then, or worker like, preschool teacher in America. I'll That's an investment in our babies. That's an investment in their mamas and, and their daddies. And it's an investment in our teachers and in our economy. Senator Sanders, will your universal child care program be free medicine. for everyone, regardless of income? Yeah. Let me pick up on this child care thing. Every psychologist in the world knows zero through four are the most important years of human life, intellectually and emotionally. And yet our current child care system is an embarrassment. Yes. It is unavoidable. Child care workers are making wages lower than McDonald's workers. We need to fund so the priorities in America. We should not be one of the few countries that does not have universal, high-quality, affordable childcare. We should not be one of the only major countries not to guarantee health care to all people as a human right. We should not be spending ten more than the ten next countries on the military, hundreds of billions of dollars in subsidies for the fossil fuel industry, tax breaks for billionaires, 
and then tell the moms and dads of this country Thank we cannot you, have Senator. high quality Vice President Biden, I'm coming care. to you now. That is wrong. Vice President Biden, infant care is more expensive than in-state public college tuition in more than half the country. Do you support free universal infant care? There should be free universal infant care, but here's the deal. You know, I was a single parent, too. When my wife and daughter were killed, my two boys I had to raise. I was a senator, a young senator. I just hadn't been sworn in yet. And I was making $42,000 a year. I commuted every single now solitary day story to Wilmington, Delaware, over 500 miles a day. Still applicable uh, to this day, sir. 250 miles a day now because I could not afford right. but for my family. Child's a movie? It was beyond my reach to be able to do it. And that's why there's several things we do. When I triple the amount of money for Title I schools, every <laughs> child three to <laughs> five years old will, in fact, have full schooling or go to school and after school programs, which will release some of the burden. Secondly, I think we should have an $8,000 tax credit, which would put 7 million women back to work. They could afford to go to work and still care for their children as an $8,000 tax credit. I also believe that we should, in fact, for people who, in fact, are not able to afford any of infant care Short to be able to get that care. Minutes. But Bernie's right. We have to raise cool. the salaries of the people who are doing the care. And I provide for that as well. My time is up, I know, but I'm, I'm not going to go over like everybody. Mayor Buttigieg. <laughs> Mayor Buttigieg, <laughs> higher education is another huge expense for families. Well, went to two you oppose free public college for all because you don't want to make it, quote, free for the kids of millionaires. But lots of public services are available to the kids of rich people, like libraries and public schools. Why do you draw the line at public colleges and universities? Well, it's simple. We expect and hope for everyone to get through 12th grade. It's not the same for college. Now, again, I don't want cost ever to be a barrier to somebody seeking to attend college. And under my plan, matter of fact, for the first 80% of Americans by income, it is free at public colleges. But if you're in that top income bracket, don't get me wrong, I still wish you well. I hope you succeed when you go to college. I just need you to go ahead and pay that tuition because we could be using those dollars for something else. There is a very real choice about what we do with every single taxpayer dollar that we raise. And we need to be using that to support everybody, whether you go to college or not, making sure that Americans can thrive, investing in infrastructure and Something that hasn't come up very much tonight, but deserves a lot of attention, poverty. You know, the Poor People's Campaign is marching on Iowa right now, calling on us to talk about this issue more. They are driven by their faith. I think because even though in politics we're supposed to talk middle class, they know there's no scripture that says, as you've done unto the middle class, so you've done unto me. we got to be making sure that we target our tax dollars where they will make the biggest difference, and I don't think subsidizing the children of millionaires and billionaires to pay absolutely zero in tuition of public colleges is the best use of those scarce Senator Warren. dollars. So look, the way I think we need to do this is we need a wealth tax in America. We need to ask people with fortunes above $50 million to pay more. And that means that the lowliest millionaire that I would tax under this wealth tax would be paying about $19 million in the first year in taxes. If he wants to send this kid to public 
university, then I'm okay with that. Because what we really need to talk about is the bigger economic picture here. We need to be willing to put a wealth tax in place, to ask those giant corporations that are not paying to pay, because that's how we build an economy. And those who want to talk about it, break down the national debt. You do universal childcare, and you got a lot of mamas who can go to work, a lot of mamas who can finish their education. We make that investment in universal college. We've got Thank a lot you, of Thank you, Senator. Senator education. You know, I, this, appreciate, I appreciate your thoughts, Elizabeth, but I want to step back. I actually think uh, that some of our colleagues who want free college for all aren't actually thinking big enough. I think what we have to look at is how we connect our education system with our economy. Where are our job openings and what do we need? We are going to have over a million openings for home health care workers that we don't know how to fill in the next 10 years. We are going to have open 100,000 jobs for nursing assistants. We, as my union friends know, we're going to have over 70,000 openings for electricians. We're not going to have a shortage of MBAs. We're going to have a shortage of plumbers. So when we look at that, then we step back. This Where should our right money now, go? Yeah. It should go into K through 12. It should go into free one and two year degrees, like my dad got, like my sister got. Thank you, and Senator Klobuchar. And then Klobuchar. we should double the Pell Grants because we're going to need four year degrees. Thank you, Senator Klobuchar. So the money Mr. goes Steyer? where it should go instead of to rich kids going to college. Mr. Steyer, as a billionaire, should your children have been entitled to free public college? No. And let me say this. I was one of the people who talked about a wealth tax a year, almost a year and a half ago. I believe that the income inequality in this country is unbearable, unjust, and unsupportable. And the, the redistribution of yeah. wealth to the richest Americans from everyone else has to end. This and I is proposed the, the wealth tax almost a year and a half ago. This is the purpose of this stream. And to raise so some just of the money be like, education. well, but I want to go beyond this, this is what's happening right now. Education. Because we're talking a lot about college. But it's in good fact, to just you know talk about the poor people's campaign. You have to realize informed, that even the if I'm not like kids, they are getting an education on every blog or reading every taxes article. in their neighborhoods. We need to redistribute money so every kid has a chance. So we're not but legislating the debates are just like a moment for the next generation to so like, actually invest who in every actually single knows kid, what they're talking specifically about poor kids, specifically who? black kids, specifically brown kids. We need to start using the money dramatically more for that. Who's we'll like, be back with more from CNN's Democratic really gonna presidential be good debate for live from Des Moines, Iowa. I think Bernie right. would be. Critics agree. The gentleman is a total knockout. I forgot to wash my hands. I forgot to wash my hands. Oh, it's the new Guy Ritchie movie, I think. I'm gonna run downstairs and grab another soda. I'll be right back. Stop following U.S. politics. Shit's too damn depressing. Even though it'll fuck over the rest of the planet, it's true. It's very depressing. It's very boring and also um kind of scary because there's like the the big the big dumbass in charge right now and then there's like all these other people who are like i could do a better job i could do a better job i could do a better job and bernie just seems to be the one who's been most consistent and like seems like he's got 
the good the good plans, the good stuff to get it done. Medicare for all would be dope. Then there'd be way less red tape for getting medicine if you get sick. Because I'm sick and I am fucking sick of being sick. Oh shit. I want that medicine. I want to heal up. Okay, I'll be back. Coming back up the stairs, that's tougher. <clears throat> this powerful country, and all we get, and we all get dicked by it. But only Americans can vote. Yeah. Earth is fucked. I'm like, capitalism's crumbling. No one can afford shit anymore. People stay in all the time instead of going out. Thanks. <laughs> and people want to stream everything. Still sick from Lyme disease, yep. So there's medicine that I can get called gamma globulin, but it's really expensive. And I'm right now waiting for the government, waiting for a letter from the government to tell me when my public hearing is going to be, because that's what it's come to, um, to then walk in and be like, look, I'm clearly not faking this. I'm really sick. I'm really weak. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it and it gets worse and worse, and right now I've just, like, been pushing through, but even at my job, just at this fast food place, I've worked cashier, and even that's kind of a lot sometimes, and I'm like, this fucking sucks. Yeah, but, um, so... I just have to wait to see about that public hearing. And then I can get benefits and then I can get medicine. Articles of impeachment against President Trump to the United States Senate, launching the third trial of a U.S. president. The Republican-led Senate has signaled that it is likely to acquit him. Vice President Biden, if you're the nominee, is it going to be harder to run against President Trump if he's been acquitted and able to claim vindication 
especially after what he said about your family. It's irrelevant. There's no offer. There's no choice but to, for Nancy Pelosi and the House to move. He has, in fact, committed impeachable offenses. Whether the Senate makes that judgment or not, it's for them to decide. But and by the way, I'm told that uh, you know we uh, that uh, I don't. I say we have to unite the country. It's going to be harder after this trial. It may be. But look, you know I understand how these guys are. This Republican Party. They've gone after Savage, my surviving son. Gone after me. Told lies that your networks and others won't even carry on te on television because they're flat out lies. And uh, I did so my did job. The question is whether or not he baby. did his job, and he hasn't done his job. And so it doesn't, it doesn't really matter whether or not he's gone after me. I've got to be in a position should be free. that I think There's of no the reason American to charge people. I can't hold a grudge. Healing people. I have to be able to not only fight, so but also up. heal. And as President of the United States, that's what I will attempt to do, notwithstanding that we're going to be more division after he's defeated by me this next time. Senator Klobuchar, uh, you're going to be a juror in the trial in the Senate that's about to start. Do you worry President Trump will be emboldened by acquittal? No, we have a constitutional duty to do to perform here. And when I look at what the issue is, it's whether or not we're going to be able to have witnesses. We've asked for only four people as witnesses. And if our Republican colleagues won't allow those witnesses, they may as well give the president a crown and a scepter. They may as well make him king. And last time I checked, our country was founded on this idea that we didn't want to be ruled by a king. And I think the best way to think about this trial and what we're facing in this election is a story of a man from Primbar, Iowa. His name was Joseph Welch. He came from humble beginnings, a son of immigrants. He became the Army Council, and he was the one that went to the Joseph McCarthy hearings. And when McCarthy was blacklisting people and going after people because of their political beliefs or supposed political beliefs, there was only one man, everyone that was afraid, they're afraid of being blacklisted, Joseph Welch. He stood up and looked at McCarthy and said, have you no sense of decency, sir? Have you no sense of decency? This is a decency check on our government. This is a patriotism check. Not only is this trial that, but also this election. And no matter if you agree with everyone here on the stage, I say this Thank to you, Americans, you know this is a decency check on this president. Mr. Steyer, you've spent millions and millions of dollars telling the American people that President Trump deserves to be impeached. Will it have been worth it if he's been impeached but not removed from office? Well, Wolf, actually what I've done is to organize a petition drive of eight and a half million Americans to sign and say this president deserves to be impeached and removed from office. And those eight and a half million people have called their Congress people, have emailed their Congress people, and have actually dragged Washington, D.C. to see that, in fact, this is a question of right and wrong and not of political expediency. So if you ask me, whether standing up for what's right in America, standing up for the American people and our safety, standing up for the Constitution, whether doing that and trying to bring the truth in front of the American people in televised hearings so your we can decide what the truth free, is for ourselves. Taxes, if you think down, that that isn't worth it, then don't share the idea that I know about what the America, America's about. Standing up for what's right is always worth it. And I will never back down from that. Senator Warren. Yeah, if I think it should be paid uh, through taxes. Just everyone kind of just Washington take care of each other. And 
to the Iowa then, caucuses here. How big of a problem? I mean, then is everyone's attitude towards each other might be a little bit different. Something <clears throat> more important than politics. Simply to the point of I like, if you see someone who's sick and then they go the go to the doctor, you can be like, says that no one I helped pay for that a little that bit. includes the president of the United States. We have an impeachment trial. I will Glad be there because better. it's my responsibility. <laughs> but understand this. What that impeachment trial did. is going to show, once again, to the American people, and something we should all be talking about, is the corruption of this administration. That's what lies at the heart of it. It is about Donald Trump putting Donald Trump first, not the American people, not the interests of the United States mm. of America, not even in helping. If my tax money was going towards health care instead of defense, helping himself. that would be fucking That is awesome. what we need to do to win this election. We need to draw that distinction and show that it's Democrats, we're not going to be the people who are just out for the big corporations, people who want to help themselves, that we are going to be the party that is willing to fight on the side of the people. That's why we're here. Let's turn now to the climate crisis. Here in Iowa, parts of the state remain underwater after record-breaking flooding began last spring, racking up an estimated $2 billion in damages. Today, many Iowans are still displaced from their homes. Mayor Buttigieg. You've talked about helping people move from areas at high risk of flooding. But do you but what do you do about farms and factories that simply can't be moved? That's why we have to fight climate change with such urgency. Climate change has come to America from coast to coast. We're seeing it in Iowa. We've seen it in historic floods in my community. I had to activate our emergency operations center for a once in a millennium flood. Then two years later had to do the same thing. In Australia, there are literally tornadoes made of fire taking place. This is no longer theoretical. This is no longer off in the future. We have got to act, yes, to adapt, to make sure our communities are more resilient, to make sure our economy is ready for the consequences that are going to happen one way or the other. But we also have to ensure that we don't allow this to get any worse. And if we get it right, farmers will be a huge part of the solution. We need to reach out to of the all, very people who have sometimes been made freedom. to feel that accepting climate science would be a defeat for them. Yeah. Whether we're talking about farmers or industrial workers <laughs> in my community, and make clear that we need to enlist them but Mayor in the national project to do something to about clarify, it. what do you do about farms and factories that cannot be relocated? Yeah, the people we are who are going like, to have to America. use federal funds oh to make oh, sure geez. that we are supporting those whose lives will the inevitably world. be impacted further Humanity. by the increased severity and the increased frequency. And by the way, that is happening to farms, that is happening to factories, and that disproportionately happens to black and brown Americans, which is why equity and environmental justice have to be at the core of our climate Thank plan. Thank you, Mayor Buttigieg. Mr. Steyer, what's your response? Look, what you're talking about is what's called managed retreat. It's basically saying we're going to have to move things because this crisis is out of control, and it's unbelievably expensive, and of course we're going to come to the rescue of Americans who are in trouble. But this is why climate is my number one priority. And I'm still shocked that I'm the only person on this stage who will say this. I would declare a state of emergency on day one on climate. I would, I would do it from the standpoint of environmental justice and make sure we go to the black and brown communities where you can't breathe the air or drink the water that comes out of the tap safely. But I also know this. We're going to create millions of good paying union jobs across this country. It's going to be the biggest job program in American history. 
So I know we have to do it. I know we can do it. And I know that we can do it in a way that makes us healthier, that makes us better paid, and is more just. But the truth of the matter is, we're going to have to do it, and we're going to have to make the whole world come along with us, and it's going to have to be priority one. Mr. Steyer, to clarify, you say you're the climate change candidate, but you made your $1.6 billion in part by investing in coal, oil, and gas. So are you the right messenger on this topic? I absolutely am. Look, we invested in every part of the economy, and over 10 years ago, I realized that there was something going on that had to do with fossil fuels that we had to change. So I divested from fossil fuels. I took the giving pledge to give most of my money away while I'm alive. And for 12 years, I've been fighting the climate crisis. I beat oil companies in terms of clean air laws. I've stopped fossil fuel plants in Oxnard, California. I fought the Keystone Pipeline. I have a history of over a decade of leading the climate fight successfully. So actually, yes, I am the person here who has the chops and the history that says, I'll make it priority one because I've been doing it for a long time. Thank you, Mr. Steyer. Senator Warren, President Trump is rolling back major environmental rules to allow pipelines and other major infrastructure projects to be built without strict environmental review. Will you restore those protections and in a way that the next president can't overturn? Yes. Uh, climate change threatens every living thing on this planet, and, it's all, and the it's urgency like, of the moment it's cannot scary be overstated. To trust I will do the everything a president will do all by yourself like, on the first day. I will be roll okay. back the environmental uh, changes that be. Donald Trump is putting in place. I will stop all new drilling and <sighs> mining on federal lands and offshore drilling. That'll help us get in the right directions. I'll bring in the farmers. That's why it's farmers so important to get the, the dumb, the dumb, 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 dumb We should see office. this, though, for the problem it is. Mr. Steyer Someone talks about better. it being problem number one. Understand this. We have known about this climate crisis for decades. Back in the 1990s, we were calling it global warming, but we knew what it was. Democrats and Republicans back then were working together because no one wanted a problem. But you know what happened? The industry came in and said, we can make big money if we keep them divided and make no change. Priority number one has to be taking back our government from the corruption. That is the only way we will make progress on climate, on gun safety, on health care, on you, all Senator the Warren. issues that Senator Klobuchar, us. some of your competitors on this stage have called for an all-out ban on fracking. You haven't. Why not? Well, first of all, I would note that I have a 100% rating from the League of Conservation Voters. And that is because I have stood tall on every issue that we have talked about up here when it comes to this administration, this Trump administration, trying to reverse uh, environmental protections. Uh, I think it is going to lead to so many problems. And one thing that hasn't uh, been raised, by the way, is the rules on methane, uh, which is actually one of the most environmentally dangerous hazards that they have recently embarked on. And I would bring those rules back as well as a number of other ones. When it comes to uh, the issue of fracking, I actually see uh, natural gas as a transition fuel. Um, It's a transition fuel to where we get to carbon neutral. Nearly every one of us has a plan that is very similar, and that is to get to carbon neutral by 2045 to 2050. Natural to get gas to, by 2030 to a 45% reduction. And I want to add one thing that no one's really answered. When we do this, we have to make sure uh, that we make people whole. 
and would the government to take a tax on carbon, which will ensure do is cap and trade or through a renewable electricity standard or through a fee on carbon. It's actually really smart. It sucks that the U.S. is built how it is. And it sucks that corporations pretty much run this country. Let's be clear. If we as a nation do not transform our energy system away from fossil fuel, not by 2050, not by 2040, but unless we lead the world right now, not easy stuff, the planet we are leaving our kids will be uninhabitable and unhealthy. We are seeing Australia burning. We saw California burning. The drought here in Iowa is going to make it harder for farmers to produce the food that we need. Solar, this is a hydro, wind. I've introduced legislation to indicate it's a national crisis. We have got to take on the fossil fuel industry and all of their lives and tell them that their short-term profits are not more important than the future of this planet. That's what the Green New Deal does. That's what my legislation does. And that is what we have to do. Vice President Biden, your response. My response is back in 1986, I introduced the first climate change bill and checked PolitiFacts. They said it was a game changer. I've been fighting this for a long time. I headed up the Recovery Act, which put more money into fossil, uh, moving away from fossil fuels to, to enter to uh, uh, solar and wind energy than ever has occurred in the history of America. Look, what we have to do is we have to act right away. And the way we act right away is immediately, if I'm elected president, I'll reinstate all the mileage standards that existed in our administration, which were taken down as 12 billion gallons of gasoline, uh, barrels of gasoline to be saved immediately. And with regard to those folks who, in fact, are going to be victimized by what's already happened, we should be investing in infrastructure that raises roads, make sure that we're in a position where we have that every, every new highway built is a green highway, after 550,000 charging stations. We can create, and this is where I agree with Tom, we can create millions of good paying jobs. We're the only country in the world that's ever taken great crisis and turned it into great opportunity. And one of the ways to do it is with the farmers here in Iowa by making them the first group in the world to get to net zero emissions by paying them for planting and absorbing carbon in their fields right away. There's more to say, but I know. A, a key part of your mission in this primary is going to be to prove to Democratic voters that you're strong enough to take on Donald Trump. Each of you face unique challenges in doing that. Mayor Buttigieg, you say you've had trouble earning the support of black voters because you're unknown, but you've been campaigning for a year now, and polling shows you with next to no black support, support that you'll need in order to beat Donald Trump. Is it possible that black voters have gotten to know you and have simply decided to choose another candidate? The black voters who know me best are supporting me. It's why I have the most support in South Bend. It's why among elected black <laughs> officials in my community who have gotten to know you. this race, and by far most of them are supporting me. And now nationally, I'm proud that my campaign is co-chaired by a member of the Congressional Black Caucus and to have support right here in Iowa from some of the most recognizable black elected leaders from Mayor Hart of Waterloo to former Representative Barry in Black Hawk County. Now, the biggest mistake we could make is to take black votes for granted, and I never will. The reason I have the support I do is not because any voter thinks that I'm perfect. It's because of the work that we have done facing some of the toughest issues 
that communities can. Not from the luxury of a, of a debate or a television panel or a committee room, but on the ground. Issues from poverty to justice in policing. And I'm proud to say we've been nationally recognized for our work as a race-informed city on delivering greater economic justice. That we have reduced use of force by leading the region in transparency around the use of force in police. Of course, there is a much longer way to go in my community and around the country. But I will be a president whose personal commitment is to continue doing this work. Senator Sanders, you call yourself a democratic socialist, but more than two-thirds of voters say they are not enthusiastic about voting for a socialist. Doesn't that put your chances of beating Donald Trump at risk? Nope, not at all. And that is because the campaign that we are going to run will expose the fraudulency of who Donald Trump is. Donald Trump is corrupt, he is a pathological liar, and he is a fraud. Now, when Trump talks about socialism, what he talks about is giving hundreds of billions of dollars in tax breaks and subsidies to the fossil fuel industry. Donald Trump is a businessman received $800 million in tax breaks and subsidies to build luxury housing. My democratic socialism says health care okay. is a human right. Yeah, We're going to raise the minimum wage to 15 bucks an hour. We're going to make public colleges and universities tuition-free. We're going to have minimum wage could be 20 and create up to $20 million saving the planet for our children and our grandchildren. We are going to take on the greed and corruption of the pharmaceutical industry and the insurance company. That is what democratic socialism is about, and that will win this election. Mr. Steyer, you spent more than $100 million of your own dollars on television ads. How do you convince voters that you're more than just your money? Look, <laughs> we know how Donald Trump is going to run for president. He's going to run on the economy. He's already told Americans last month in Florida, you don't like me and I don't like you, but you're all going to vote for me because the Democrats are going to destroy the economy in 15 minutes if they get in control. So let's be clear. I started a business by myself in one room. I inherited, didn't inherit a penny from my parents. I spent 30 years building that business into a multi-billion dollar international business. Then I walked away from it and took the giving pledge and started organizing coalitions of ordinary Americans to take on unchecked corporate power. But whoever is going to take, beat Mr. Trump is going to have to beat him on the economy, and I have the experience and the expertise to show that he's a fake there and a fraud. Look, Mayor Pete has three years as an analyst at McKinsey. I have 30 years of international business experience. I can beat Trump on the economy. We're going to have to beat him on the economy, and I look forward to taking him down in the fall on the debate stage. Mayor Buttigieg. Now, you demoted me. I was actually an associate, but that's okay. <laughs> it, was not, it was not the biggest part of my career. But I am ready to take on this president of the economy because I am from the exact kind of industrial Midwestern community that he pretends to speak to and has proven to turn his back on and guided that community through a historic transformation when at the beginning of the decade I took office. We were described as a dying city. I'm ready to take on Donald Trump because when he gets to the tough talk and the chest thumping, he'll have to stand next to an American war veteran and explain how he pretended bone spurs made him ineligible to serve. And if, and if he keeps trying to use religion, 
if a guy like Donald Trump keeps trying to use religion to somehow recruit Christianity into the GOP, I will be standing there not afraid to talk about a different way to answer the call of faith and insist that God does not belong to a political party. I am ready to take Thank on this you. president on every Senator Klobuchar, Senator Klobuchar, you're pitching yourself as a practical candidate who can get things done. And even tonight, you've dismissed some of the ideas that are offered in this primary as pipe dreams. How are you going to inspire Democratic voters with a message of pragmatism? <coughs> Our voters, actually all Americans, have seen now a number of years of a guy that has, I think, told over 15,000 lies. Uh, he is someone that literally has a rap sheet of divisive rhetoric. And I think what Americans want is something different. I am going to be able to stand across from him on that debate stage and say to my friends in Iowa, the Midwest is not flyover country for me. I live here. I'm going to be able to look at him and say, you've treated these workers and farmers like poker chips for me. These are my friends and these are my neighbors. I'm going to be able to look at him and say, you know what? You got $413 million over the course of your career. That's how you built your fortune. And what I'm going to say is this. My grandpa worked 1,500 feet underground in the iron ore mine, saved money in a coffee can in the basement to send my dad to a two-year community college. That's my family trust. And when you have been given an opportunity like that, you go into the world not with a sense of entitlement, people Donald, from other Trump, countries Donald Trump, but with a sense mm. of obligation. Senator Warren, what do you say to voters who like your policies, but they're worried they will scare away swing voters you need to win this race in November? Honestly, like... So, I was born and raised in Oklahoma. Twitter, I have three older brothers who are all retired, who are all back still. Sounds dumb, but Twitter still used for, to get a lot of attention. And sure, there are a lot of things we disagree um, on, and we can take dark corners and do the Dem Democratic, Republican talking points. Bernie. The truth is, there's if a whole Bernie lot Bernie gets in there, I think a lot of... You know, Positive change is going to happen. Over Chevron, he and said Elon day one he'll make weed legal. That are giant corporations make billions of nationwide. That'll taxes, stop the drug war. That'll stop a lot of uh, and pay unnecessary taxes. imprisonment. Get It'll this. get a lot of people out of prison who were there for just the pay for the weed. Open and pay for our defense. They understand Plus the Green New Deal. That we have an America right now that's working great to get for those at the top. Solar, hydro, it's just not working for anyone else. Wind we energy have a chance going. to unite. Unite as Democrats, but also with independents and Republicans who are sick of living in a country that's working great for the politicians I that are taking the money. It's working stage. great for the lobbyists. It's working Bernie great has the most good, it's the most good ideas that can, that can actually the grassroots unfold the and happen. We're going to make this America work for everyone else. That is how we're going to beat Donald Trump. Vice President Biden, the eventual nominee will face President Trump, who has no problem mocking so Bernie people, and using AOC. insulting nicknames, slinging mud, Get and AOC on lies. his cabinet. The debate against him will make tonight's debate look like child's play. In which case, she'd have to wait until the next term. I am Look, I've been the object of his affection now more than anybody else in this state. I've taken all the hits he can deliver, and I'm getting better in the poll by going up. And by the way, I have overwhelming from the African-American community. Overwhelming. Which is scary because nuclear is not green. It's like makes a lot of toxic waste 
a place you have I to put it somewhere and hope that it doesn't leak into the earth, but then it does. And nuclear meltdowns are imminent, like it will happen after a while. And it's hard to predict. It's scary because you're like, yeah. In theory, it'll bring a lot of power, but it's also volatile. Oh yeah. We'll be right back with more from CNN's Democratic presidential debate live from Des Moines. I live from Des Moines. I, um, but. Solar, hydro, wind. Those are the those are the future, and um, there's so many videos online where you're like, oh, I could easily make one of those, or like, oh, I could buy that thing for fifty bucks or thirty bucks or whatever, and. <laughs> Electricity is not always going to be, be able to come from coal or from fucking natural gas. That was funny. She's like, natural gas is the next. Extremely rich in uranium and a good half of it goes to the U.S. For what? For nuclear stuff? Man. Why don't we try and do something else with uranium? scary shit it's stuff that's like tracks on the geiger counter and if you're around it for too long you'll get radiation poisoning oh man there's um there's this guy who two viewers now what's up there's this guy who lives in idaho i believe and he is working on these roads that not only have solar panels inside them um, to generate electricity for the grid, but the roads are set up with these hex panels. And like the panels, if they ever get broken or something, then they can just easily be replaced. And they have lights on the inside of them. They can heat up to make sure that if it ever snows or rains and freezes, then that won't be an issue because you'd be like, well, we got these amazing roads. And the way he first did it was on Indiegogo with, it was like a, it was like a million dollar campaign. And it was like, well, let's fucking hope this works. And it was funded, but the state that he was doing it in, which I think was California, um, was like, okay, that's cool that you got this Indiegogo and everything, but we're not okay with this. And so I guess he moved, and then now he's getting paid to research it and do it more in Idaho. We also have a massive amount of the world's potash, and 
We supply 85% of the U.S.'s agriculture. Potash, potatoes? Eighty-five percent? Damn. That's a lot. We wouldn't be eating without you. Thank you. <laughs> Damn, these commercial breaks. So long. Is the debate almost over? Well, there's probably going to be wrap-up. Wow, this commercial for Roku is so bad. And, like, I get it. Because they're... Just creating false excitement out of, like, it's just a Roku, dude chill but they're overdoing it on purpose all right maybe i'm back on board with that roku commercial <laughs> potash is a mineral that strengthens crops against disease and it increases crop yield oh <laughs> i thought it was a typo i was like you mean potatoes <laughs> you know potash that's a real thing Except I was ignorant. Donald Trump Potash. thinks this is all about him. I think Two it's viewers. about you. What's up? It's not about oh, his resorts or his tweets or even his ego. It is about your health care. It is about your schools. It is about your lives and your future. So if you want to do something about racial justice and immigration reform and climate change and gun safety, we need a candidate who is actually going to bring people with her. I have won every race, every place, every time. I have gotten she the highest voter turnout in the country I when I've led the ticket. Race, every place, I have every passed time. more bills as the lead Democrat than race, anyone place, in Congress time. that's running for president. Oh, it's a I believe it is easy to draw lines in the sand and sketch out grand ideological sketches that will never see the light of day. Sketch what out is hard grand is ideological sketches and finding common ground <laughs> instead of scorched earth. What is hard is the work of governing. So if you are tired of the extremes in our politics every and the noise every and the nonsense, you have a home with me. Every race, every Join me at amyklobuchar.com. Mr. Starr, I know that Iowans are going to caucus within three weeks. And I want to tell you how I feel about the American people. Two viewers. Look, no. I played team sports my entire life. What the? The bond between teammates is deep and emotional. <laughs> Full of love, and as far as I'm concerned, the American people are my teammates. They're my teammates. And if there's one thing I will not permit, it is someone to run down the field and kick my teammate in the face. And that is exactly what I've seen over the last seven years, traveling around this country, seeing these Republicans led by Mr. Trump basically kicking the American people in the face. I am prepared to take on Mr. Trump on the debate stage and take him down on the economy. 
but I am asking for your support because I know that if I'm if I'm going to be a good teammate to you I'm and serious. give you absolutely everything without any compromise, I need the support Everyone's of you, Caucus Knights, so I can turn around and together we can take back this country. We will stop getting taken. And together we can save the world. Mayor Buttigieg, this is our moment. This is our one shot to defeat Donald Trump. And to do it by such a big margin that we send Trumpism into the dustbin of history, too. But we cannot take the risk with so much on the line of trying to confront this president with the same Washington mindset and political warfare that led us to this point. If you were watching this at home, when you were exhausted by the spectacle of division and dysfunction. I'm asking you to join me to help turn the page on our politics. If you're seeing the president boast about the Dow Jones, wondering whether any of them will ever get to your kitchen table, join If you want to throw your values in the shitter and compromise, killing tickets for granted by politics as usual, join me. If you're used to voting for the other right now, can I kids in the eye and explain this president to them? Join me. We have a chance to change all of this if we can summon the courage to break from the past. That is why I am running for president. It is why I am asking you to caucus for me on February 3rd. And I hope that you will go to PeteForAmerica.com and join me in this effort. Senator Warren. So much is broken in this country. Um, I sat here in the break and just made notes about many of the things we didn't get to talk about tonight how the disability community is struggling for true equality, how gun violence and active shooter drills worry every mother in this country, how children are living in poverty and seeing their life chances shrink, how trans women, particularly trans women of color, are at risk, black infant mortality, climate change that particularly hits black and brown communities, People who are being crushed by student loan debt, farmers who are barely holding on, people struggling with mental illness. And yet I come here tonight with a heart filled with hope. And it's filled with hope because I see this as our moment in history, our moment when no one is left on the sidelines, our moment when we understand that it comes to us to decide the future of this country. Our moment when we build the movement to make real change. Hope and courage. That is how I will make you proud every day as your nominee Hope and, and as the first woman president of the United States of America. Senator Sanders. Hosting me, thank you. It's been a good debate, but we haven't asked the next question. All right, thanks. Major question thanks is for stopping by. Thanks for the host. Thanks for the and chat. The richest country in the history of the world, and half of our people Have a good are one. living paycheck to paycheck, trying to get by nine, ten bucks an hour. How does it happen that when the top one percent owns more wealth than the bottom ninety-two percent, half a million people are sleeping out on the streets tonight? How does it happen in this great country we are the only major nation not to guarantee health care to all? How does it happen that we have a trial care system which is dysfunctional, a criminal justice system which is broken, and racist, an immigration system that needs reform? This is the moment when we have got to think big, not small. This is the moment where we have got to have the courage to take on the 1%, take on the greed and corruption of the corporate elite, and create an economy and create a government that works for all of us not just the 1%.
Thank you. Vice President Biden. Character is on the ballot this time around. The American character is on the ballot. Not what Donald Trump is spewing out, the hate, the xenophobia, the racism. That's not who we are as a nation. Everyone in this country is entitled to be treated with respect and dignity. Every single solitary person has to have in a position that way. In fact, we treat them with decency. It's about fundamental basic decency. We in the United States of America can put up with, we can overcome four years of Donald Trump. But eight years of Donald Trump will be an absolute disaster and fundamentally change this nation. We have to restore America's soul, as I've said from the moment I announced. It is in jeopardy under this president of the United States. We lead the world when we lead by example, not by our power. We, in fact, have to regain the respect of the world in order to be able to change things. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in a position right now, we have to remember who we are. This is the United States of America. United. There's not a single thing beyond our capacity to do if we do it together. Let's go do it. Candidates, thank you very, very much. That concludes the first Democratic presidential debate of 2020. The Iowa caucuses are only 20 days away. Tune in to CNN for continuing coverage of this presidential election. Anderson Cooper and Chris Cuomo pick up our coverage right now. This is the United States. All right. I'm going to try and salvage that and see how much time there is in the audio when, when it's just consistent. But... I think I'm going to make that the episode for this Friday for my podcast. Um, it was informative. I got to talk. There was there was uh, moments of silence. Then there was moments of chatting. And, uh, yeah. I might be back and stream some games or stream making some games. Ooh. So in case this was the episode, this has been You and Me and Thoughts and Talk with Doug Colt, episode 315, and um, Dem Debate 2020, Democratic Debate 2020, something like that. All right, later.